The gospel reading for this morning comes from Matthew's gospel, beginning in the fourth chapter at the twelfth verse. This is what Matthew wrote. When Jesus got word that John had been arrested, he returned to Galilee. He moved from his hometown, Nazareth, to the lakeside village of Capernaum, nestled at the base of the Zebulun and Naphtali hills. This move completed Isaiah's sermon, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, road to the sea, over Jordan, Galilee, crossroads for the nations. People sitting out their lives in the dark saw a huge light. Sitting in that dark, dark country of death, they watched the sun come up. This Isaiah prophesied sermon came to life in Galilee the moment Jesus started preaching. And he picked up where John left off. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. And walking along the beach of Lake Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, later called Peter, and Andrew. And they were fishing, throwing their nets into the lake. It was their regular work. And Jesus said to them, come with me. I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. And they didn't ask questions, but simply dropped their nets and followed. A short distance down the beach, they came upon another pair of brothers, James and John, Zebedee's sons. And these two were sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their fish nets. And Jesus made the same offer to them, and they were just as quick to follow, abandoning boat and father. And from there he went all over Galilee. He used synagogues for meeting places and taught people the truth of God. God's kingdom was his theme, that beginning right now they were under God's government, a good government. He also healed people of all their diseases and of the bad effects of their bad lives. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh, Lord, help us to take responsibility for someone other than ourselves. Help us to walk with you, not alone, but in the company of others. Enable us to look at perfect strangers and, in your name, call them brothers and sisters. Give us the insight to see the needs of others as claims upon our own lives. Lord, help us to take responsibility for someone other than ourselves. Open our ears, our hearts, our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. Excuse me a minute. That's better. You know, many of us have our favorite fishing stories that we've told over and over again. Many of us have fishing thrills. 
the stories of the thrill of the catch, and we happen to remember details quite well. For instance, I remember traveling to Michigan with my retired men friends as a student pastor. They invited me to go to the Manistee River with them to snag salmon. So we made the long drive, settled into our cabin, and by the time we got up the next morning, I was just so excited. I had never done this before, but the stories that I'd heard about it before we went and the whole of the ride up kept just feeding my general love for fishing already. Up early in the morning, quick breakfast, about a half mile hike from where we parked the car to the river, waders on, rods and reels ready, and we waded into the river. It was autumn, and color from the leaves on the trees that lined that river just knock you down gorgeous. And the fog rising up from the surface of the river, I can see it in my mind's eye as if it were yesterday. And then, just a foot or two in front of me, a huge salmon jumped out of the water, and soon we were surrounded by salmon breaching the water and making their run upstream. It was an otherworldly experience. Well, that's a memorable trip also, not just for the time I spent with those men. But I caught a 28 and a half pounder that qualified for the Master Angler Award from the state of Michigan. It is always a thrill to catch a big one. You remember these things. A fisherman has fishing friends. Some of my fishing friends are here today. We tease each other, joke together, share stories of where we've been, what we've seen and experienced, and generally just enjoy each other's company. We joke about who caught the biggest fish. How, huh, Rick? How, <laughs> huh, Russ? Hmm. About the one that got away and we never even got to see the doggone thing. We spend time sitting and waiting and talking about lots of stuff. I wish for you those kind of friends, those moments. Well, you see, I got dressed today because today's story is a fishing story. It's a fishing story about Simon and his brother Andrew. You know they were fishermen by trade. They fished the Sea of Galilee. It was and still is a big lake. It's about 13 miles long by 8 miles wide. Well, Peter had his own fishing boat, and he was in a fishing partnership with his brother Andrew. And basically, they were gill netters. They weren't sports fishermen. Gill netting was and is hard work. The fishermen would fish all night, and in the morning they would take in their haul of fish, salt it down, and then take it to town to sell it at the market. 
Well, one day, Jesus was preaching near the lake, up at the north end, near the town of Capernaum. It was Peter's hometown, where he had his fishing boats. It is still a quite beautiful spot. And Jesus called out to Peter and Andrew, who were fishing, and he said, Hey, come with me, and I'll make you a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women. You see, I'm choosing you to help fish for people. And they dropped their nets, and they followed him. And you see, down the beach a ways, they came on James and John, another set of brothers who were mending their nets with their father Zebedee. And Jesus made the same offer to them, and they dropped their nets, and they were just as quick to follow along. And that is the fishing story for today. Because you see, from this and other scripture, we know that the central mission of the church today is to fish for people, to be used by God to catch people for Jesus. I love this. You see, Christians are called to be fishermen and fisherwomen. We are to be taught to fish for people. It is of ultimate importance. So you might ask, how do we go about becoming better fishermen and fisherwomen for Jesus? Well, how did Peter and Andrew, James and John become good fishermen for people? I think we might just discover that the principles for good fishing are the same principles involved in fishing for Jesus. So what are the marks of a good fisherman? You gotta love it. You just gotta love it. It has to be in your blood. It is an absolute pleasure. You've gotta be dedicated. You need to be willing to get up early in the morning. Some of the best fishermen are on the water before the sun comes up on a brand new day. You've gotta love it. You need to be dedicated to it. And I think your dedication grows out of your love. Another mark of a good fisherman is that they're experienced. If you haven't fished much, chances are you aren't very good at it. If you fish a lot, you learn from other fisher persons. It's basic. If you're a good fisher person, you didn't learn it on your own. Somebody somewhere taught you. A grandpa, a grandma, a dad, a brother, a sister, an uncle, an interested friend. If you are a good fisher person, somebody else taught you, and you began to slowly develop your own experience. If you are new at fishing, chances are you get skunked often. Another mark of a good fisher person is that you have to know the fish. You have to know what and where they are biting. You have to know where the good spots are, at what depth, what are they biting on, what are they hitting on. You have to get the latest information from someone who knows. The fish are there. That is not the problem. There are hundreds and thousands of fish in the water down below you. But how you catch them, now, that's another matter. You have to learn that information from other fisher people and your own experience. 
Another mark of a good fisher person is patience. You have to sit and wait sometimes to catch those bass, those perch, those walleyes, those northerns, those trout, those people. You need to learn to sit patiently and wait and wait and wait. Trying all different lures and baits and depths and speeds and spots. You don't have to tell a good fisher person about patience. They live with patience. And I think these are some of the marks of a good fisher person. And Jesus said, Simon, if you follow me, I will teach you how to fish for people. You know, if you follow Jesus, you learn many things. Jesus teaches you how you are to love both God and others. Jesus teaches you how to forgive. Jesus teaches much about money and inclusion and power and sacrifice and stories. Following Jesus teaches you how to fish for people. Peter had to learn. All good fisher people had to be taught by other good, skilled fisher people. And if you are following Jesus, you too are learning what it means to be a fisher of people. Hear this this morning. It does not take fancy equipment. You need just some basic, simple equipment to do this task. The love of Jesus in your heart and a basic empathy and love for another human being. That is all the equipment that you need. Love for Christ, love for others. And the longer that you fish for people, you learn that unchurched people are not asking questions that you can't answer. You just need to show up, love the best you know how, and to trust that the Spirit will help you with all of the rest. And know this. The longer you do it, the better you get at it. If you haven't been fishing for people much in your life, chances are you might not be too good at it. And it takes a while, but you keep at it. And pretty soon, you become better at it. And more and more people get caught up in the love of Christ and the beauty of living together in community and the kingdom grows and the nets swell so you see the fish story for today is this Jesus called and the fisher people they dropped their nets and they followed Amen